0: and lift your voice to the lord tonight come on give glory to god give glory to the lord right now hallelujah i give you praise mighty god i give you praise holy god i exalt your name jesus christ there's nobody like the lord there's nobody like the lord there's nobody like the lord Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. How many feel the Holy Ghost here tonight? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. What a magnificent presence of the Lord that's here. I want everybody to bow your head real quickly with me, if you don't mind. Nobody's looking around. Everybody bow your head. If you're here tonight and uh, maybe you've been here all week, maybe you've drifted in for the first time and this is your first service, but if you're here and you have never experienced the baptism of the Holy Ghost speaking with tongues, I want you just to lift your hand up right now. I'm not going to embarrass you or call you out, but if you're here and you've never received the baptism of the Holy Ghost speaking in other tongues, lift your hand up real high. Would you do that? I'm not going to embarrass you. I'll make you that promise. Amen. There's several here in the congregation that never had the Holy Ghost. Amen. You can put your hand down. Thank you very much. How many is here tonight that maybe you've had the Holy Ghost at one time but you're not where you need to be with God right now and and you need a renewing of the Holy Ghost. Will you lift your hand up to the Lord? God bless those. Amen. Praise God. You can put your hand down. Thank you very much. I've got good news for you tonight. The good news is tonight's your night to get the Holy Ghost. I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to save you some time, okay? I'm going to save you some time. You don't have to pray if it's the will of God for you to get the Holy Ghost tonight. I'm going to save you that prayer, all right? And I'm going to go ahead and tell you up front that it is the will of God for you to get the Holy Ghost. now the Bible said is accepted time and now is the day of salvation. If you've never had the baptism of the Holy Ghost or you need a renewing of the Holy Ghost power I believe it's tonight is your night for God to fill you up with the Holy Ghost power. Now there is one prerequisite for the Holy Ghost and that is you've got to want it. And if you want the Holy Ghost, I believe with all my heart before this service is done, the lights are cut out in this building and we go to carnival night, I believe you'll have the Holy Ghost before we leave. Once you've you've asked God to forgive you of your sins, there is not one reason why you can't be filled with the baptism of the holy ghost not one you can't find one reason why you can't get the holy ghost well my you don't know what's in my past and you don't know the sins i've committed you don't know the things i've done everybody had a past and everybody's done wrong and everybody's made mistakes and like the old song said there's bigger sins than yours it's already under the blood tonight And so God can forgive you and God can fill you with the Holy Ghost. As you make your way back to your seat, I want you to shake somebody's hand more than one and tell them somebody's going to get the Holy Ghost tonight. Hallelujah. Somebody's going to get the Holy Ghost tonight. shout Jesus oh you can do better than that somebody shout Jesus hallelujah 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 there's no other name under heaven that's given among men The scripture says whereby we must be saved If you your Bible tonight, I want you to turn with me to the book of Mark chapter number 14. i want to start reading with verse number three. And I want to just, um, add a few comments to some remarks that have already been made. What an outstanding job everybody has done in these classes and sessions. It has been first class and, and you can travel a long way, but you're not going to find any better than what you've heard in these sessions today. And, uh, I thank God for that. And hasn't the praise team and the musicians done a bang-up job? I don't know if you've ever heard this term or not, but in Alabama, it may be just an Alabama term. I don't know. But when I'm thinking about this week, this is the word that come to mind, that we're having... A humdinger youth camp. I don't know if anybody's ever heard the term humdinger, but it's it's a real word. It's it's there, and that's what we're having. In case you're wondering what's going on, we're having a humdinger youth camp this week. Put somebody in the rear of telling we're having a humdinger this week. All right, we're going to go to the word of the Lord. You know, you never know what Friday night's in store for, but I'm going to tell you what, how many appreciate Brother Chantry Dean and his wife and family? Amen. Amen. And Brother Ison and his family and the whole youth committee of Arkansas, why don't you give them one big hand clap of thanks? Amen, amen, amen. What an honor it's been to share the pulpit, amen, with Brother Whaley and, and Brother Gaddy and Brother Dean and everybody that's um, participated this week. I write Mark chapter 14 and verse number three, and being in Bethany in the house of Simon the leper, as he sat at meat, there came a woman having an alabaster box of ointment of spikenard, very precious. And she broke the box and poured it on his head. There were some that had indignation within themselves and said, Why was this waste of ointment made? For it might have been sold for more than 300 pence, and I've been given to the poor. And they murmured against her. And Jesus said, Let her alone. Why trouble ye her? She hath wrought a good work on me. For ye have the poor with you always, and whensoever you will, you may do them good. But me... Ye have not always. She hath done what she could. She has come aforehand. Everybody say aforehand. To anoint my body to the burying. Verily I say unto you that wheresoever this gospel shall be preached throughout the whole world, this also that she hath done shall be spoken of for a memorial of her. I don't want to preach to you for a few minutes tonight. It's not too early to break my box. Amen. Look at your neighbor and tell them it's not too early to break my box. And everybody said in Jesus' name. And like somebody's already said, if you're going to help me preach, you may be seated. Man, this is a good-looking crowd here tonight on Wednesday night. I got an idea. What do you say we just have Pentecostal church before we leave here tonight? Is that okay with everybody? Hallelujah. I have found out that, and I've been blessed to the Lord, and favorite of god to preach in a lot of different churches throughout our movement and organization of the united pentecostal church and i have found out that you show me a youth group that is on fire for god and i'll show you a church that is having revival amen you show me a youth group that knows how to worship God and I'll show you a church that is full of life and people getting the Holy Ghost and people being healed and people being delivered. Amen. It's, it's a lie from the devil and it's a trick of the enemy to try to convince us that we need to wait until we reach a certain point in life before we can make any kind of significant contributions to the church and to the kingdom of God. But I want you to know tonight that you can make a significant contribution to revival right now. And you don't have to wait until you're in your 30s and 40s and 50s before you make a great contribution to the kingdom of God. You can make it right now. You don't have to wait until you're 25 before you sell out to God. You can sell out to God at an early age and you can make a great contribution to your local church and to the kingdom of God as a whole. Somebody say amen. amen. Now, I was, I was raised in, in, a, in a Pentecostal home and my dad is a pastor and still is in Alabama. So... I, uh, I've seen, I've seen a lot, a lot of situations in church and uh, seen, seen people worship God in a lot of, I don't want to not being derogatory, but I hope you understand what I'm saying in a lot of weird ways. And as, as uh, being raised in this little country church in North Alabama, uh, found out that when the Holy Ghost gets on you, people can do a lot of stuff. I, uh, the little church we were in, my home church, there is, um, she's still there now. She's in a nursing home, however. But there's a little lady, and I can remember when I was young, that she, when, when the spirit got on her, it was, it was almost like somebody took a, a nail and drove her left foot into the ground but they took a right one and they wound it up and then all of a sudden they let it go and you couldn't pry this one up with a crowbar but you couldn't stop this one if you wanted to and so she was about this tall she's uh, Native American and when the Holy Ghost got on her she would she would begin to pivot on her left foot and she would Began to hurl her right foot in every imaginable direction, and uh, she's a great lady. There was a there was another lady that that when the Holy Ghost got on her, it was you. If you didn't know any better, you thought somebody had snuck in a little can of ants and poured them down her back. And when the Holy Ghost got on her, she began to shake the ants off, and it looked something like this. There was a, the bobblehead doll was invented from a man that shouted in our church. And when the spirit of the Lord got on him, he he was stiff as a board from here down. But from the neck up, it's like his head was on a spring. And it just, he just hop across the front like this, like a little bunny rabbit. And his head would go over what you were. And, and I, remember, I remember being raised in this type of atmosphere. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Maybe not that exact same thing, but you know what I'm talking about. Now, I got to confess. I remember being raised in this atmosphere. And being raised what some may call old-fashioned Pentecostal. I have fond memories as a kid collecting bobby pins at the altar after church service. And I have fond memories when the Holy Ghost got on people, you would have to dodge shoes if they begin to kick them off. And the Holy Ghost get on them and all of a sudden, there they go. There goes Sister So-and-So. She's shouting again. And uh, I got to confess, I remember as a a kid pulling my little eyes up over that pew and thinking, God, I love you and all. And I want to go to heaven. I want to be saved and I want to make it and I do love you but when you get on me one day don't do it like that (laughs) I remember thinking Lord when you get on me just kind of do it in a good Normal, sophisticated way where I look all right. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Am I preaching to the steel beams? But you know what? Good thing about God: God don't answer every prayer. Because he didn't answer that one of mine. And there have been times as a young person that I started over here. But somewhere between me and getting in the spirit, I ended up over here. Have no clue how I got from here to here. Don't even remember. Frankly, don't even care how I got from here to here. Because there's something about tapping in to the power of apostolic worship that carries you above your world. And frankly, just to get ahead of myself a little bit, I wish to God before this service is over, some of you tap into that old power of Holy Ghost worship. I remember thinking, God, when you get on me, just just let me do this right here. Just let me maybe maybe a good little shoulder shake or something like that, or a good little head nod. But but none of this, none of this falling out, none of this shouting, and none of this losing control, and none of this getting carried away in the spirit. Amen. But thank the Lord that God did not see fit to answer my prayer, because when the Holy Ghost gets on you, you are not going to be in. Control! As cool as you are when the Holy Ghost gets on you, you're going to lose your coolness. And as hip as you are, when the Holy Ghost gets on you, you're going to lose your hipness. And as much swag as you got, when the Holy Ghost gets on you, you're going to lose your swag. And you're going to enter in to another plane, and you're going to enter in to a different atmosphere in the Holy Ghost. And somebody shout amen. Praise God. i uh, reminded of Romans chapter 12 and verse 1, where the apostle Paul said, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice. Everybody say a living sacrifice. Holy, everybody say holy. holy. Acceptable unto God, the Bible says, which is your reasonable service, which is your reasonable service. Now, I'm going to take my time just a minute here. Is that okay with you for just a few minutes? And, and I, I, want to, I want to help you with something that I feel like has helped me for years that God showed me. And that is our outlook upon holiness. Not that we have the wrong one maybe to help you with something in an angle that you've never viewed before. And that is, Paul says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Studying one day, I found out that the word service literally means worship. And in other translation, it's translated Instead of service, the word worship is used. Let me read you the NIV version of this. Therefore, I urge you, brethren, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual worship. And what does that mean? That means there's more to living holy than just what you can and can't do. That when you're living holy to God, it's not just obeying rules and laws, but it is spiritual worship unto God. After all, how many thank God for dying on the cross for you? How many thank God for the crown of thorns? How many thank God for the stripes on his back? How many thank God for the empty tomb? How many believe God deserves worship for that? How many believe God deserves praise for that? You may be seated. Wouldn't it be a shame that the only way we could praise him for that is when we come in here three times a week to church? And the only way we could express ourselves is on Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night to come in here and give God, okay, I'm going to praise you now. That's too big a price just to be able to praise him in certain boxes, in certain formats, in certain ways. So God said, I'm going to give you an avenue where you can thank me and praise me and worship me every day of the week, 24 hours a day. You can express yourself in worship to me. So that tells me that when I'm here and I'm running around the church and I'm turning cartwheels and I'm turning flips and I'm leaping for joy that I'm worshiping God, but my worship don't stop when the church service stops. When I walk out the door and I'm living holy, I'm still worshiping God. I'm still worshiping the Lord. Does that make sense? Does that make any sense? I want to know how old are you? 17, does that make sense to a 17-year-old? Perfect. You know, if this is the only place we could worship God, we're in big trouble. And, And we talk about David. David had an insight to this. David said, give glory unto his name. And he said, and worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Now, don't don't get word. I'm not going to go off on any tangents here tonight on holiness. I want to just help you before I move on. But David said, there's a way that you can worship God through holiness. You know, again, being raised in... In, in, in Pentecostal service, in Pentecostal church all my life, I used to hear preachers and evangelists and people come by and preach about David and they'd talk about David from the rising of the sound of the going down of the same forever, O oh Lord, I'll praise thee and I'll not cease to, to praise thee from the fruit of my lips. And I'm thinking, does he ever stop? I mean, what kind of life does this guy live? Does he walk around 24 hours a day? Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. hallelujah. And somebody comes up and says, hey, brother David, how you doing? Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. He goes, David, how's your wife doing? Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hey, I heard you had a new baby, Solomon. I heard he's pretty smart. How's he doing? Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. David knew there was a way he could. Actually praise God from the rising of the sun to the going down to the same. And, you know, he could look at you and he could say, you know what? The wife's doing pretty good. Yeah, she's had the flu, but she's doing better now. And as far as Solomon goes, yeah, he's all right. He's doing okay. And the whole time he's talking about the weather and dialogue and conversation, he's living holy in his body. And he said, I'm praising the Lord the whole time. I'm magnifying the Lord the whole time. So let's look at this. Let's look at it. If if worship is a part of holiness, then you got to flip the coin over. Holiness has to be a part of worship. That you can pride yourself all you want, that you're holy, and your dress can be from here to the door, and you can cover your fingernails. You can do whatever you want to do and you claim to be holy, but if you sit there on your seat and you never move, that's not holiness. It runs both ways. When you walk out the door, You worship Him in your body, but when you're in here, everybody looks like that in here. So the way express holiness in here is to get with it, is to get with it, is to get with it. Come on, if you're really holy unto God, you're not going to sit there. If you're really holy unto God, you're not going to be silent. If you're really holy unto God, you're going to express it in your worship to Him. Somebody said amen. Amen. You may be seated. So he says, give him the Lord the glory due unto his name and worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Everybody say beauty. Beauty. Man, I'll tell you what. I think it it was the first night, Monday night. I don't know who it was, but somebody, some young person came flying out of your seat And came twirling down this front. Who was that? Would anybody own up to that? That was you, bro. I love you. You are my hero. Matter of fact, let's just do this right here. That's what I'm talking about. You know what? There's a lot of other people that wish they had the courage to do that. And I know there's 800 other people here, but let me preach to you just for a minute. Don't ever let anybody take that away from you. And don't ever let anybody steal that. And don't let everybody rob that from you. That's what this church was built on. That's what we're going to have revival on. And we cannot. Somebody shout Amen. This church was born in the fire, and we can't get used to the smoke. It's still got to be Pentecost. It's still got to be apostolic. It's still got to be true worship. You may be seated well. Kind of like the woman shaking the ants and the woman that's got her foot nailed to the floor and the other one twirling. It's kind of like the bobblehead doll. And you look at them and you say, man, that's not too attractive. I really don't want to do that. I might bump my head on the, on the steps. I might fall out. Somebody might think I've lost it. Somebody might change uh, their opinion about me. Maybe somebody needs to change uh, their opinion about us. Uh, maybe we need to shift ourselves altogether and settle the issue. This is who I am. He says, you may be seated to worship the Lord in, everybody say in, in In, the beauty of it. And when you're on the outside, you're saying, man, that don't look good. I don't want to do that. That don't look appealing to me. I don't want to act like that. The trouble is, the reason it's not beautiful to you is because you're on the outside looking in it don't get beautiful until you get in. And once you step into it and something hits you and something runs up your spine and something makes you jerk a little bit and something makes you throw your hand up in the air, all of a sudden you find out this is beautiful, this is beautiful, this is beautiful. Somebody shout hallelujah. I gotta Hurry. You may be seated. The Lord, the Lord came to a woman and they began a conversation. And uh, he, goes to this, he goes to this well in Samaria, Sychar, and begins to talk to this woman at the well. And, and uh, this is the conversation where the Lord tells her that if you're going to worship the Lord, that you have to worship him in spirit and in truth. And he says, for he seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit. Oh, we're still on the same page tonight. Are you with me? God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. In other words, he puts some... He puts two elements in it and he says, if you want real, true worship, there's got to be two elements involved. And one of them is you got to have spirit. And the other one is you got to have truth. Now, you can have one element, but it doesn't become authentic, true worship until you mix truth with your spirit Now, i'm not making this up and i'm not going to offend anybody here tonight but you can worship god in the spirit without the truth but according to the book it don't become true worship until you get truth mixed with your spirit somebody shout hallelujah Then my wife was riding down the road one day we seen this big sign said gospel singing we'd been to eat and we was late to get there we walked in and and i'll 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 tell you who was there it was it was probably 1500 people there crab family was there you ever heard of the crab family (laughs) crab family was singing I don't know if you ever heard of these guys, but we liked them. They're called Charles Johnson and Revivors. Anybody heard of Charles Johnson Revivors? They were singing, Brother Gaddy. Me and my wife, we we come in. It was after halftime, and we slipped in. There were two seats way over on the side over here. And it was, for some reason, I always sit on the aisle, but for some reason I slipped in first, and my wife sat on the aisle. We're just sitting there, and we're enjoying the good singing. And have you ever been in an atmosphere like that? And, and, and you feel something, but at the same time you feel something, you feel there's something missing at the same time. And we're praising God and we're clapping our hands. And you can, it's, it's, it's kind of neat, it's kind of funny to watch people worship God that you can tell by their attempt to worship that this is not the norm for them. They try to clap, bless their hearts, they do their best. Lord, bless them for trying, you know. <laughs> Charles Johnson, uh, I don't know if you ever heard him sing or not, but they they got some soul, and he got a backup singers, and he come down off the platform, and and uh, he started singing about the Holy Ghost, and he started singing, anybody here? His backup was singing, anybody here got the Holy Ghost? Got the Holy Ghost? Come down here, come down, da- shake my hand, shake his hand, and they started lining up to shake his hand. I said, well, hallelujah. And there's this woman right beside me, very sophisticated woman. I thought I was safe. I thought everything was all right. She starts clapping. Thinking, all right. Clap. Clap till your heart's content. I don't care. And she starts clapping. All of a sudden, she starts raising her hands. Full 1,500 people. Oh, no. I want this. All of a sudden, she starts waving her hand. Like, Come on. After all these people, I've got to sit by her. And she starts to wave her hands, and she starts to hit me in the chest. I turned to my wife. I said, let me out. Just let me out. So she comes out. And all of a sudden, when the woman sees her little escape route, she comes right up behind me. I said, all right, I've had enough of this. If we're gonna do it, we're gonna do it right. And I looked at my wife and I mouthed to her. I said, shut up. She said, I said, okay, if we're gonna do it, we might as well go all the way with it. I went over there, I laid my hand on her head. I said, Jesus, In the name of the Lord, whatever this woman wants, I want you to touch her right now in the Holy Ghost and do something in her life. All of a sudden, she fell out on the floor under the influence of the Holy Ghost, just shaking and quivering. I'm sitting there. I'm standing. There's this woman laid out right in front of me. All of a sudden, everybody starts looking over there. Everybody stops shaking Charles Johnson's hand. People in the balcony, there's looking over there in the corner, and there's this woman laid out, and there's me standing over, and I'm like, "She had the spirit, but I said we got to get truth mixed with this thing if we're going to do it." She come to me afterward because I went to apologize to her because I didn't want to embarrass her. I said, ma'am, I said, I didn't mean to embarrass you. I said, I'm an evangelist. That's what I do. Praying for people is my job. And I was on duty tonight. And you, was, you felt like you needed prayer. So I just wanted to pray for you. And I apologize if I offended you. And she looked at me. She said, sir, don't ever apologize for that. She said, my husband and myself are ministers and pastors in this city. And we have been looking for more of God. And God touched me in this house tonight. What are you saying? Don't ever tone it down. Don't ever tone it down. Don't ever put a lid on it. If you're going to be Pentecostal, be Pentecostal. If you're going to be apostolic, be apostolic. If you're going to be one God, go all the way. Somebody shout yes. Somebody shout yes. You may be seated. You got to hurry along here. So he's talking to this woman in Samaria, Sychar. He said, if you're going to worship the Lord, you've got to do it in spirit and in truth. Everybody say "True." Flip over to Luke chapter 19. Jesus says this. The Son of Man cometh to seek and to save that which was lost. He told the woman at Sychar, the Father seeketh such to worship him. Everybody say seek. Luke 19 and 10, the Son of Man cometh to seek and to save that which was lost. Ezekiel 28 talks about Lucifer. Talks about Lucifer that was in heaven and how he was created. And he was created with these instruments in his being. He had pipes and musical instruments created within him. But the Bible said... That when the Lord kicked Lucifer out of heaven, one-third of the angels went with him. I'm not building a doctrine on this, but commentaries say, and most people believe, that Lucifer was, in a sense, a worship leader in heaven. The Bible says he was the cherub that covered He had these instruments in him. Now, commentators say again, I'm not this smart. This is what people say. There are three types of angels in heaven. One is the worship angels. One is messenger angels. One is warring angels. Three tops of angels in heaven. And the scripture said that Lucifer was cast out and one third went with him. And I don't think if he was over worship, I doubt he carried the war angels with him. And he was over worship. I doubt he carried the messenger angels with him. But I... Believe that when he was cast out, he probably carried the ones he was over with. Him. And so, can I have a chair? I'm, 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 I hate this because I'm doing this off the cuff and I feel horrible for it. I want you to put it on the platform right there for me. So, the, devil, the devil's got this spot. He's, he's over worship. He's the chair of that cup. He knows what true, apostolic, powerful, one God worship is. He knows the power that resides in that type of worship because he used to sit in that chair. But the Bible said he was kicked out of heaven like lightning. He fell to the earth. And then the Bible said if that's if, if he left, then there is a vacant chair left in heaven. And the Bible said that the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. I want to put somebody where the devil used to sit. I want to put somebody in the vacant chair. I want to put somebody where the devil used to be. here's what the devil knows I want you to be seated the devil knows there's power and not just spirit worship he knows there's power in spirit and truth worship he knows there's power when you repent of your sins and you are baptized in Jesus name and you get the baptism of the Holy Ghost and then you get the revelation that here, oh Israel the Lord our God is one he knows the power that resides when you're sitting in that position and you're sitting in that chair that's why the devil doesn't want you to have the holy ghost and he don't want you to know there's one god because he knows the power that goes along with that position So every time you try to lift your hands and every time you try to take your spot, the devil's always there to meet you, to try to hinder, to try to resist. I want to get my spot. I want the Holy Ghost. I want to be baptized. I want to worship God. He knows if you ever get there, if you ever get there, if you ever get there, you've got authority. You've got power. So I say in Jesus' name, get thee behind me. I'm taking my spot. I'm going to worship the Lord in spirit and in truth. Come on, brother. Get in the beauty of it. Get in the beauty of it. Get in the beauty of it. Beauty of it. Somebody shout amen. Amen. Quickly to the text that I read tonight. Here's this. Here's this woman that comes to the Lord. She's got this alabaster box of ointment. Spiking her very precious. And she came, the scripture says, she break her box. You know, one of the greatest things that can bind you, it's not drugs, it's not things of that nature, not alcohol. One of the greatest chains that can get wrapped around you is somebody else's expectations of you. I'm going to let the cat out of the bag here. Every time I go to a new church to preach, this is what I do. Start looking around. And you can learn a lot by watching. When somebody starts to run or shout or jump, I don't necessarily watch that individual, but I watch the reaction of the people. Because they're going to tell me if this is normal or if somebody's really getting with it. Because every church has people that run. They expect them to run. They're the runners. It's what they do. And the reason they run, because they expect everybody else to sit there. They know if any running gets done, they got to do it. So everybody just falls in their mode of expectation. So I watch the people. Somebody comes out in the aisle and they start shouting. I don't watch the shouter. I watch the people. Because that tells me if this Sister Sally does that ever service or if this is somebody really breaking through. Because if it's normal, you're going to get this from the congregation. If Sister Sue starts shouting out through the aisle, and I watch the congregation, if they do something like this. That tells me this happens on a regular basis, and everybody expects this of her. On the other hand, if somebody just breaks out of the box, somebody they ain't seen shout, run, or jump in years, you're going to get this. Am I right about it, Brother Gaddy? Am I right about it? You know what that individual has done? They have broken the chains of their expectations of them and they're free. Am I making sense here? So I know there's some of you that when you run around the church, there's ever people that, well, they do that every year at camp. And somebody gets out in the aisle and they start jumping. We say, well, they do that every year at camp. But I wish somebody in this house tonight that we would look at you and we say, oh, I didn't expect that. They've been broken free. They've been delivered from my expectation. Can I preach to you? It'd do good for you to shout. It'd do good for you to run. It'd do good for you to leap for joy. So here she is, here she is. I lost my alabaster box. Here she is. She's got her alabaster box. She comes in. They're having a nice little meal. She comes in. And the Bible said she break her box. The word breaks means to shatter her box. Now, there's a difference in breaking your box and opening your box. The Bible said... She shattered hers. The difference is when you open it, everything's intact, your control. And you can tell how much comes out, and you can tell where it goes when it comes out. Hallelujah. I got a good God. Oh, Lord. Bless him, Lord. But something happens when you break your box. You don't have control and you don't know where it's going. I don't know. It may be just my discernment, but I feel like this is why the disciples, something rubbed them the wrong way when she broke her box and all this perfume got on them and they went, boy, that wasn't the right thing to do. You should have kept that in your little box and you should have sold that and put that in a different direction and your praise has done spilled over on me and now I'm smelling like praise and I'm smelling like worship and you done rubbed off on me and you don't ought to act like that. You ought not do that. You ought not carry on like that. You know what ought to happen? Your praise ought to rub off on somebody else. I said your praise ought to rub off on somebody else. Come on, you ought to worship God, and when you worship God, you affect everybody around you. Everybody ought to know, there's a praiser in the house. There's a praiser in the house. There's a praiser in the house. Come on, quit worrying about what they're going to say. Quit worrying about what they're thinking. It ain't too early to break your box. It ain't too early to break your box. Oh, would you clap your hand to the Lord together? To shout on me I don't like that I don't want to smell like that I don't want to get hot and sweaty don't make me look like that don't cram my style hey I'm not worshiping you I'm just here to break my box I'm just here to give it to God and if it gets on your nerves so be it but I'm not Is there anybody here? I'm going to break it. I'm going to break it. Come on, young man. Come on, young lady. You're Pentecostal. You're apostolic. You're one God. Break your box. Get Get in the beauty of it. 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 They always do it. You need to be delivered from everybody's expectation. You need to be set free from everybody's expectation. Come on, break your box. Break your box. It ain't too early to break it. Come on, put your hands together, somebody. Come on, somebody. Put your hands together. I don't care what you say, I'm doing it under God. I'm doing it under God. I'm doing it under God. It's going to be tough, I know. I want all the young ladies on here. I want all the young men over here. Real quick, real quick, real quick. Clap your hands while you're moving. Clap your hands while you're moving. Come on, young men, you're over here. Come on, young ladies, you're over here. Keep clapping, that's all right, Keep clapping. My Lord, anybody feel what I feel tonight? You know what it feels like in here? It feels like old-time Pentecost is what it feels like in the tabernacle. It feels like what my grandma talked about. It feels like what my grandpa talked about. It feels like what my preacher preaches about. It feels like Acts 238. It feels like the day. It feels like the day of Pentecost. It ain't too early to break your back. Listen to me. Listen to me. Come on, guys. We need some help. Move on over just a little bit. We got some more ladies. I need you over here, ladies. Come on. Now, while you're moving, I want you to turn around and slap somebody half a half and tell them it ain't too early to break your box. Don't save it for another day! Don't save it for another youth camp! Don't save it for another service! Don't save it for another revival! Don't save it to Sunday morning! Don't save it... Don't save it to Sunday night! It ain't too early on Wednesday night! It ain't too early to break your box! Listen up, listen up, listen up. Ladies, I did something for you. I got the gentleman over here for this reason. When the Holy Ghost gets on you, there ain't nobody around you but ladies. All right? You ain't got to worry about bumping into some dude. You ain't worried about shouting into some brother. You're going to be all right because it's just ladies around you. You go ahead and kick your heels off now. That's all right. It's just good ladies over here. Am I doing all right? Hey, guys, you can let it fly now. Ain't no sisters over here. It's just us. I said it's just us. When you get good and ready, you can break it. When you get good and ready, you can break it. Anytime you're ready, you can break it. are you ready are you ready to break your box i said are you ready to shatter it are you ready to break it when i count the three i want you to lift your hands i want you to let the holy ghost get on you if you ain't ever spoken tongues you're gonna begin to speak in tongues if you never got the holy ghost you're gonna get the holy ghost I'm ready in the name of Jesus.